and you know the, the pompadour crowd. Um, right. You know, <laughs> so their hair comes into the room prior to them coming into the room. So <laughs> you gotta um, make sure they listen to this. Welcome to Crossing Phase, the most possible fun you can have with religion on a podcast. How's that for our new tagline, John? You like that? I, I like it. I, I always, I, like I said, my, it's a work in progress. It's okay. No judgment and brainstorming, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, my name was is worse. Matt. That was the, the conversations that are never supposed to happen, but 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 actually did. <laughs> We're, we're testing, we're, we're market testing listeners, dear listeners, um, a new tagline for Crossing Phase. It, it, it historically has been a Christian and a Muslim talking religion and politics, which sounds interesting, but based on conversations that we will discuss with John today and the, the fun we have in uh, the multi-faith space, we're considering a tagline change to something like what we just said, the the most fun you can have with religion on a podcast or the yeah, most, most fun, fun you can have with religion period in the world. I mean, yeah, there you go. I, aside from those, aside of, unless you're a zealot and you want like stigmata or something, I don't know. Maybe that's fun, you know? So, you know, it's, uh, there's, I think there's different degrees of what you could consider fun, you know? So um, being, you know, a member of the elect, if you're a Calvinist, that's probably fun, right? I don't that's know. Right. So, so my name is Matt Hawkins. I'm a former public policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, wear, wearing the, the the Christian hat over here, and then the actual hat wearer right now on this podcast, my bearded friend and donut maker, John Pinna, coming to us yeah. from upstate New York. I'm coming to. Uh, I'm, to not, I'm in Vienna, Bubba. Tennessee. What? I'm in I'm in Vienna. You're in I'm Vienna in, now. I'm in Austria. I was well. I was going to ask. The room didn't look familiar. I was wondering if, like, you, you right had now. had a paint job. What? You're in Vienna. I, you right I knew you were over the weekend. I thought you'd returned. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you texted me one time we were going to record. Left, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, like Vienna is a great town. It's um, let me tell you right now with a great internet connection. Apparently, what's that? It's a fantastic internet connection for being. I might on be the other using my data Atlantic. roaming, to be honest Bro. with you, on my phone. Who knows? I have no idea. Uh, like, like 20 cents a second or something. But it's the most um, expensive crossing phase episode ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, this might put us under. Um, I mean, it's, you know, every, it's one of the most ostentatious towns I've ever seen. It's every building's got a, you know, I traveled around. I, I think we, we, I did this once and I traveled to 110 countries that like in my career. I've never, I, I've worked for the OSC, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe in, in the Ukraine. It's in the Donbass. I helped revamp their, um, their conflict monitoring, but I never went to the headquarters. So I never was here. I was always yeah. dealing with people there or in Washington. So, but, so this is, this is actually my first time here and it's just, you know, all that stuff they talk about being these tables and all this stuff. They're cafe. It's there's a cafe on every corner. It's like phenomenal, like which Paris is great for Johnny. In that respect, <clears throat> you know, there's a statue in every building. Like there's a they, all of a sudden you turn around, there's a chariot on a building. There's a guy, there's a Roman, there's a this, there's a people, <laughs> there's a there's a, a peppering of statuary uh, all over town. And the buildings are quite nice, you know, Um so it's it's a pretty walkable town. It's like it's you can just walk anywhere and you can walk across the town in like 40 minutes. So nice. it's pretty cool. There's like this basin and then that's like section one. 
and like there's then there's this sort of concentric rings, but it's not that big of a town. Um, and I'm sure there's more outside the country, but they they to to talk back to your to your point. So the first company that liked us, not person, but the first company that liked us and followed us was a coffee house in Austria, like a roaster. So I was like, oh, great. You know, when, when am I ever going to go to Austria? Who knows? Like, I can't come up with a reason. So here I am. I, 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 I show up and, and, uh, and I brought two couple of babka and I, I trekked across town and, and, uh, you know, in my way walked in, uh, you know, boisterous and, you know, very, very vulgar as, 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 as I think a lot as, of Europeans as you are considered. As we are aware of you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't walk in and I don't kiss babies. I kick babies. You know, that's how I do. That's my, that's, so I, I walk He's in and exaggerated I move, your listeners. <laughs> I, I move furniture around, you know? So, um, and then I, and I sat with, um, these, these wonderful people, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, Kupion coffee roasters and I'll, I'll, we'll put it in the notes and, and they were, you know, they, they stayed, they put up with me for about 45 minutes had a cup of coffee, had a piece of babka, and and you know this is this is a uh, babka diplomacy, you know. Nice. So it was really it was really cool, and I'm I'm doing some work on Ukraine up here, so trying to make sure that uh, that we are figuring out what's going on with you know the defense of Odessa and getting grain out and refugees and medical supplies. So. Um, so this, because you know, I've been involved in that issue for since 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 before the invasion started, and you know, we yeah, talked a yeah, little bit a little about bit. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing. I'm in Vienna, and it's really funny. A friend of mine goes, uh, "Well, I'm in Vienna too." He's like, "Let's grab coffee," and I'm like, "I'm in Austria." And he's like, "No, you're not. You're you're." <laughs> he's you're like, Vienna, Vienna, Virginia. Yeah, and I'm like, "No, I am." And he's like, "He's like, no, you're not." I go, "I don't know." How do you know where I am right now? He thought you were. He thought you were on the orange line. I can't. I can't. You know, they just the problem is like no. The, the first always, Vienna. If someone says this is where I am, I don't. It would never occur to me to say no. You know, it, it would never. I would just say okay, okay. So, uh, but anyways, I appreciate you taking the time today, Bob. What's up? What's happening? Well. Well, I just I want to make a quick note, personal note, and then we want to then I want to talk to you about um, the really fantastic interviews that you recorded in D.C. a few weeks ago at the International Religious Freedom Summit. Um, I just want to flag that uh, the Friday before we record this, it was the one year anniversary of me experiencing open heart surgery, and it's been a crazy past year, one I would not wish on anybody. Um, but God has been good and family and friends have been good to, uh, me and my family and my health is, I, I feel loads, loads different, uh, loads better than, than I have in many, many years. So, so I mean, uh, it's, it's been- uh, and it was, it was necessary and you're there, right? You're at, uh, you've hit the point where now you're at cruising speed, you're handling business and everything else. I think so. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I, I tell some people the, um, 
it's one of those experiences where I think you learn that the, the body heals quicker than the mind does from that kind of experience. Um, so when are we and, going for uh, the brain surgery? When's that happen? Right. When are we going to get that fixed? Thanks, Thanks, Thanks man. I appreciate well, it. An, I feel like it's an admission. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. you know? no, no, no. So I had, I had the plumbing fixed um, a year ago in July, and then I told people I had my electric, electricity fixed in uh, December because they they'd had to do an ablation to uh, correct a, a rhythm issue. And, uh, that, that made a ton of difference in how I felt on a daily basis. And, um, but that's, that's neither here nor there, but it's, it was an anniversary and, uh, we celebrated with some family and friends, um, by going to the zoo in the evening where they had a bunch of food trucks and, and, uh, it was, it was a, it was a good time. So that happened. Well, but I'm now, glad, like, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I mean, like it's, it doesn't, not only is it difficult to have to deal with all this stuff, but you know, and this is going to seem, you know, it was, it was funny. Like every time I say something, this people go, "Oh, he, he, you guys are complimenting each other, but you really want to kill each other." Like, that's, I always we get that comment all the time. But I'm good that is, I'm glad that vibe comes through. Yeah, well, I, it's, I it's two vibe. sides of the I mean, same coin with us, really. It's really not easy. It's not easy when you have a like. I got I was in a bad bad accident years and years ago, and it took me a a year and 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 a half to. Get, it took me a year to get right. Um, yeah. And then it took me yeah. years to get back into this, this, the psychological game of it, you know, cause you're yeah. not who you were, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you cease to be the person you were before the event. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, it's not easy to get out of that. And then on top of that handle responsibilities, you know, you got your family, you got this, you got that, you were living with your in-laws, yeah. um, you know, so that <laughs> I'm sure that was a, a joy. Um, so, you know, and, and I don't say it wasn't, but you have your house now and you're independent and, you know, you're, you're footloose and fancy free. But I think that, the, you know, there's a, it, there's a lot of, you know, life still is happening concurrently when you're dealing with something like this. And this is, it's major and it's life or death, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, it was, but, it was uh, a pretty you know, profound you, experience. And uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird exit. The, uh, in, in many respects, the, the physical recovery is the easy part. Yeah. Well, you and I were talking about this uh, just before we were on air. We were chatting about, you know, do we go, you know, going back into the beltway, you know, and, and, I, and I was like, you know, you, you know, I was like, well, you had a heart attack, you know, like, you know, yeah. and I was like, well, me, you know, and it, it's, and I'm not saying that the beltway was, you know, completely responsible, but that it is for what, what we do. Um, and you and I are, you know, we, we, if you have a Venn diagram, there's like that overlap of the circles, you know, Yeah. but like, cause I'm do more international stuff, but, but, it, sure. but in that, even in that, that, that where they overlap with circles, it's hyper, hyper pressure. It, there's, there's so much uh, treachery and um, wonderful things that happen, but you know, the fails are big and, and, and it affects lives. Um, so you know, a lot of that pressure is tough, but, uh, but you're, you know, it's a year now it's over with, now you gotta get back to work. Yep. Jumping yeah, back so. into it. So, <laughs> so what so are we talking about today? You, uh, you went to Washington, you returned to watch Washington, uh, out of great risk to your, your health and wellness. Well, I don't know about um, that, <laughs> but I mean, like I said, in this, in this scenario, it was Johnny P going back to uh, it, it was, it had been, it, you know, it was post COVID. It was, it had been years since I had been back doing work, working with the international religious freedom. I would say working, but physically in front of these people. And right. a lot of them are friends and colleagues. There's a lot of new yeah. faces, but, uh, but so a third of it was sort of like a homecoming in a weird way. 
Uh, the second third was going to the Earth Summit, uh, which, uh, you know, we were there at its inception. I helped start it. I was working at the Metro firm and and doing all the stuff for the the Earth Ministerial. And the the, the summit is an appendage or a, a birth of that from that. Uh, and then the last was to cover it. Yeah, for the podcast and and for for the uh, the the summit hosts. Yeah, and and like I, I haven't I haven't even listened to all of all of your interviews yet, uh, but what I have listened to is pretty fantastic. And uh, this is the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time you've done, or maybe either of us have done like interviews like on location, like live on location where like you actually had a crowd gather around you um yeah which is yeah. something like i've done in the past with other productions and stuff but like for crossing phase like you can hear like the, the audible uh, audio is very clear but you can clearly hear that you're in a conference kind of an environment um and it sounds like people were um, overhearing some of your conversations and, and were, were pretty engaged uh even even hearing them live right before we edited yeah. them and cleaned you all up yeah, no, I mean, it was something. I mean, we, we, you know, got access, got our press pass and, and got into, and I got a press pass for you. Um, although, you know, you I were just couldn't make it. Yeah. Indisposed. Um, and, uh, and of course I threw you under the bus. I told people right. that, you know, I just work for Matt now. I didn't love them as much as you do. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and, uh, no. And so I, um, I got access to the green room and there was all these little cubby holes and stuff like that. You know, those little cubby. And one of the amazing points about it is that we were able to not, I mean, I knew every, I knew a lot of people there. So we were able to get engage them and bring them in and do all this stuff. But it was, it, it seemed much more, it was much more natural. You know, we do this stuff like this and you're in Tennessee and, and I'm here. And, and so we go back and forth, but, you know, to sit there and, you know, I'm a touchy feely person, right? So I'm like, you know, I, I the interview with Ambassador Brownback. When I'm asking him questions, I'm kind of, you know, reaching over and, and touching his leg and saying, "This is what's going on and what's happening with this." And um, and uh, and it was it brought a different dynamic, but it was interesting because everyone can hear what you're saying and what you're doing. And right. and so at, at one point, I had I, I, three three different interviews. I had a sort of a crowd around us, and people were. It was looking out from their their cubby, their you know the the, the 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 temporary wall there, and looking over, going, "What's going on over here?" Because I, I guess because of some of the questions that I was asking and what was going on, um, I was very gratified. We were able to get some really cool uh, interviews of Ambassador Brownback uh, and, and Greg Mitchell and um, uh, Mariam, the Coptic Christian, and and then some of our friends, you know. Uh, uh, that we have, you know, that are, um, I'm trying to think Isaac and, uh, and, you know, the, the Pompadour crowd, um, right. you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't remember what's the other guy's name. What's his name? Uh, Matthias, 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 Matthias. 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 Uh, Isaac and Matthias. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So their, their hair comes into the room prior to them coming into the room. So, <laughs> you um, make sure they listen to this. <laughs> so, well, yeah. And I do that most affectionately, but they're, they're like the, you know, the the boy wonders of international religious freedom. You know, they're just the happiest dudes floating around, and uh, and they are always you know slinging you know human rights and advocacy and you know juggling them like chainsaws all over the place. So um, I was lucky enough to see them and and, and interview them as well. So it's pretty neat, pretty neat experience. Nice. Good. Um, 
And uh, what what we kind of jumped into like who you talked to and and what you did. Um, for listeners who might not be familiar, what is the we call it the Earth Summit, and we keep throwing this around this this funny sounding word Earth. It's short Oof. for International Religious Freedom. Yeah. It's it's the DC wonk wonk language. Um, uh, but like what like what's the what are people what were you trying to accomplish at the summit? So Earth, International Religious Freedom, Freedom to Believe, Not Believe, Change, Choose. And, uh, and now the new model, which I, I, just, I just learned there, is religious, uh, religious freedom for everyone everywhere is the motto of the summit. Right? So that's their tagline now, which, uh, which is pretty cool. you know. Um, the, so what is the summit? So the, the ministerial, uh, so this was back in 2018, we started the ministerial. And this has been a longstanding dream of the International Religious Freedom Roundtable, which is about 12 years old. Um, it's not a new idea. The idea, but the but the idea was we were going to have um, an, a, a global event bringing ministers from are not ministers, yeah, ministers, yeah, ministers, yeah, um, yeah. but not religious ministers, um, <laughs> ministers from different <laughs> system political systems all over Go- the world, countries. government leaders in government uh, leaders. It's but like I don't ministers, like the ministerial. I'll just be right, honest with you. I think it's terrible. Yeah, but, well, it's it's very European. Right. It's, it's kind of very parliamentary. Yeah, I was going right? to say parliamentary, parliamentarians, yeah, yeah. because we use those terms a lot. But the ministerial is because it's international religious freedom. You think it's ministers. It's right. not. It's yeah, the, yeah. the ministers that are parts that are that are overseeing government. Yeah, agencies I, 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 I understood why they used the term ori- originally, but oh, it terrible. was also kind of problematic. <laughs> it's terrible, but <laughs> for, fine. For those reasons. Um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, it's but, you know, the international religious freedom ministerial and the idea is that it was supposed to be just like the round table. The round table is civil society meets and then brings government in. And so the International Religious Freedom Summit is really the civil society breaking away and having its summit where uh, civil society can interact and government officials can come in, but it's really focused on civil society engagement. And uh, as opposed to having a, a really big event. So, in, you know, I, in starting that, uh, the ministerial, the first ministerial, it was, it was the reason why it gained traction is because Ambassador Brownback decided to make it a, a, an event at the Department of State. And right. it was a behemoth um, because I was the private company with Greg Mitchell. I was working at, as a VP at Greg Mitchell, the Mitchell firm. And we were tasked with doing so much because it's basically a, a, a kickoff event. And then civil society can have a series of events running concurrently while there's these sort of anchor meetings in the morning, in the mornings, and then at these, you know, dinners at night and all kinds of other stuff. And then talking about specific, you know, prisoners of conscience and all this other, and it's just a, a behemoth. Now I happen to believe that we should do an event. We should do uh, it should be like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, event and, and take up the week and do it that way because then it's consolidated. Now it's broken into two events. And I think two events are much, uh, much more to manage. But yeah, the problem yeah. is, is that a government has to take on then the, the budget for it, you know, because no right. one can bear the cost. Right. And, yeah. And uh, and that's the that's the problem. You get into a lot of different logistic logistics issues. So yeah. Um, but well, that's, that's what the Earth Summit is. 
And that's, I mean, this is, that's a really big um, event on a grand scale, but that we experienced that kind of challenge in the early days of the, the IRF roundtable, right? Um, because you have a bunch of nonprofits pre predominantly, and you've got a bunch of um, uh, advocates, even single issue advocates or, or attorneys, and everybody's kind of paying their own way, but nobody really has a budget like yeah. that's dedicated uh, towards convening. At least they didn't used to. I think I think it's getting better clearly um, by those events happening. But that's something that can happen on a local level, right? You you have a bunch of people who are well intended and want to accomplish something, um, but nobody's really willing to foot the bill for it, right? Uh, and yeah. so you have to figure out some creative ways uh, to go about doing that, right? You got to have somebody who can host the thing right and then then once your group grows larger you got to figure out a larger space and who has access to uh kind of give you a space gratis um that's large enough for your, your group to gather and then um but if somebody can just pick you know uh we we used to do this frequently right we'd pick up um somebody would pick up catering yeah, uh, at least for for snacks and beverages, and uh, look, you, if you want people to show up to a meeting and be excited about it and, uh, and hang around a while, you gotta have food and food. beverage. Just no question. Yep. You just just do it. It's hospitality, yep. Um, yep. and it, it 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 dovetails into your um your uh, Bobka diplomacy, uh, really nicely, but also a really handy um uh, networking guide from the business world called uh, Never Eat Alone. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's you. You would like him. I think he's New Yorker, right? So he, all right. Well, you know. <laughs> but the point. The point is, like, uh, people like to eat. You know, eat food and fellowship and that kind of thing. And um, it's a great way to get to know one another and uh, encourages people to show up and encourages people to stick around. So um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, that's and, how and you're right. Congress, yeah. We had all those events during the, the during the early years there, and we were budgeted for food and beverage. So that's how we did all the events with IGE and. And, uh, um, you know, it, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, RFI. It wasn't Religious Freedom Institute, but it was the Berkeley Center for, for Religious Freedom and all the little NGOs that we used to do work for work with. We used to have we actually had the event space. But then when we didn't have the event, when we didn't have the event space or doing something on the hill, we would collaborate and we had a budget for it. And that would, that's that's why we were headlining a number of events. Um, because you know, it, it, a lot of organizations didn't have that stuff, and it was—it's key. You know, that's that's why the first ministerial was a huge success. It was ran by the Department of State. It was budgeted by the Department of State, uh, and and everybody went into the actually main state to for the event. Yeah, and that's 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 no small feat um, for the security that's necessary for that building. Um, and, uh, sure and, and, and you're right. And, say, <laughs> I was, I was I mean, come on. You know, like, I mean, it's just, John, don't. Yeah, come on. Don't you know. say it out loud. There's more flags in the foyer than there are people actually doing some uh, on mission taking right. care of business. It, oh it is a foyer full of flags. That, that's true. The, um, the other thing I was going to say about um, one of the big differences between um, Brownback and the previous um, the, the previous ambassadors um, was, uh, I mean, you had Saperstein, who's, I think, you know, fantastically competent uh, at, at his job and what he does, um, but he was still coming from, as a practitioner from the advocacy space, right, and a rabbi. Um, well, and, yeah, and, I mean, and, I... And, and, and when Brownback comes in, um, you, you have someone who was a former senator and governor, right? And so there, he just has a different skill set 
um, within the governing space to make stuff happen, right? Well, it, you needed to be a pluralist who happened to be something. And that was the problem. When you have clergy, you're pointing clergy to a particular post. And, you know, nothing I'm saying to you, I haven't said, I, you know, Rabbi Saperstein yeah. and I, um, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we say hello to each other. We communicate, you know, not on a regular basis, but we got to get him on here, actually. And, um, and we communicate quite a bit. But nothing I'm saying to you, I haven't said to him. I was like, it's tough when it's clergy. And, and so you're supposed to be advocating for religious freedom everywhere. And I, I meant, like I said, I'm not, uh, my, my, I, I just believe it needs, you need to be a pluralist who happens to be something. If you're clergy, the problem is, is that you have um, a, a, a cloud around you of what to do when we interact with you, right? So do you kiss the ring? Do you hug? Do you do this? Do you, what, what do you do? And then what's the pretense associated with being clergy that, that is in front of the individual? And, and it's, and uh, uh, most of the people that were have been uh, uh, Earth ambassadors uh, are have been clergy, and it was extraordinary for Ambassador Brownback uh, to become uh, to get appointed. Uh, and he he ended up doing th something. I guess I think his biggest accomplishment is the ministerial, is the establishment of the ministerial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a lot of Earth challenges. Uh, yeah, during yeah. his his tenure there, I think that that so I'm not going to get way into the outcomes and outputs, um, but I do believe that his, the ministerial is probably his greatest accomplishment. But the second one is that he broke the mold with it being clergy, and yeah. that made a difference. The third was he went to the International Freedom Roundtable every week. And that made, meant that people were heard, that the agenda was dynamic, and that there were action items, right, that were being attacked by the Earth Office in coordination with civil society and the roundtable. And those yeah. are probably the three biggest accomplishments, at least from my perspective. I am. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, you know, they, they, you know, they'll tout on Pastor Brunson and all this other stuff. And yes, you know, someone who has been, you know, prisoners of conscience, I think, are and saving people's lives is fantastic. But from the earth movement, um, right. I think the profound nature of those three accomplishments are far beyond any other ambassador at large. And, um, you know, and I've had my differences with his, like I said, with his tenure there. Um, but I did interview him at, uh, at, uh, at, at the, um, at the summit. And, you know, I am partially responsible for his appointment because I helped him with his murder board, although he didn't, do too well in his in his hearing uh, but uh but I, I i was most gratified because i felt compelled to make sure that we had somebody who wasn't clergy in that office and uh and, and i wasn't i didn't know how he would perform uh, uh honestly considering his governorship um but i knew he was very very good on anti-slavery and uh and so but uh but he, he it ended up being fantastic and and an extraordinary tenure uh, because of his legacy is is still being heard with the Earth Summit, you know, and the ministry. I, I think it's a that's an important distinction you make. Um, I think that are that are both responsibilities of that Earth Ambassador. Number one, well, you mentioned the like uh, freeing <clears throat> freeing individual people, right? So um, it's kind of a case, like the category of casework and kind of rescue operations where an ambassador can play a role uh, and the State right. Department can play a role versus. Um, 
what what kind of your and my focus tends to be is on advancing the earth as a movement and convening people and developing action items to really really develop um, what's now become a worldwide movement um, even even if the worldwide part of that's still nascent and young uh, it does appear to be happening uh, largely with the help of, of uh, ambassador brownback and uh, and our friend greg mitchell who you also interview yeah i mean generally you can't ring the bell on the tactical elements that's the problem so like right. I, I when i was at aic and i was sitting i, I mean i would i got i i i get the call from our constituency and they say listen uh, so-and-so's being detained by this, this, this so-and-so government. Um, what can you do, John? And, and so, you know, if it was in a Muslim country, generally I could make a call. Right. And I, and I, I'm thinking of one specific instance, um, um, right now, and no one knows about it. No one, you know, like you get the person released, you get them out of country or you do whatever. And, and, and that, that's, that's, that's one of those things where you just kind of, you know, you do like a good job type of thing, but, the tactical, in many cases, you don't know are people, and you can't ring the bell on because generally you can't promote it. Um, the people right. that release them don't want it to be in the public. Um, the, the the family wants it to be over with. Uh, not all the, the 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 releases, for example, prisoners of conscience, which I would consider a tactical thing, is like a Pastor Brunson thing, right? Um, but uh, but I think that on the the that that legacy, that global, that strategic or level it's just important for the institution to grow and grow in a healthy manner and direction and you and i both know it's kind of meandered around and it's been amorphous but i think right now it's in a healthy spot and uh because you've got a a, a healthy amount of diversity going on which that's critical uh and then you have also innovation and funding and and diversity of thought um, there's a tremendous amount of challenges though. I mean, yeah. without a doubt, um, you know, you and I have spoken about them, about, you know, who's the most persecuted? How has this happened? Where's the funding going? Why are we obsessed with the Nineveh plateau? I don't know. Um, so, you know, so I mean, you know, all these things are, 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 um, are things that we need to kind of like look at, but, and getting, becoming more inclusive with communities. Right. So, um, yeah. but, but I think that there's, uh, um, that the idea of that strategic that that tactical um, tactical wins coupled with a, a strategic agenda that's that's healthy and going in in a in a in a, a positive direction means that more people are going to be onboarded and that was one thing that was most gratifying. I mean, a lot of the young guard is now they're, they're becoming elders. I'm an old man, you know what I mean? Like I'm wandering around and people are like, oh, you know, when you were at AIC, boy, where this was, and so uh, and. And but give now I think our platform it gives people a voice, which I think is 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 our role as as sort of elders in the movement, you know, practitioner elders in the movement to say, you know, now it's time for you guys to be able to have a say and see what's going on, you know. Yeah. Well, that's been helpful, John. I appreciate you re recalling all of that, um, and uh, particularly new listeners who uh, might not be familiar with the IRF space. I think it's an important conversation for us to have. Um, but encourage people to check out crossingphase.com for um, that that battery of what you probably five to seven interviews you captured well uh, yeah well yeah, in we've DC. Got, uh... and some of them are already posted and more are forthcoming as uh, as our editor producer Elliot um, is is uh, compiling those together yeah well thank you so much Bud nice chatting yeah. with you 
and uh, beat UB safe in Europe. And uh... Ben, Indiana is a pretty safe place. I don't know. I mean, you, I, 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 aside from eating too many desserts or schnitzel or, um, you know, they got these stews here that I don't, it's like their stew technology is, is like 25 is, is years the ahead food, of us. Is the food as, I've never been to either Germany or, or Austria. I think my, my mom and my sister have been to Austria. Is, is the food uh, as, like, as heavy and, like, as rich as I anticipate it might be, or is it? Well, you know I'm a history guy. You know I'm a history guy. Like so imagine, France. imagine that at, well, at, at one point, this is where Asia began. So imagine that because okay. of the Ottoman, right? Okay. So, okay. so just imagine. So there's, there's like, there's all these really cool, like, like the stews. I'm like all about the silence, right? The stew, these stews, um, kept, you know, paprika and this and that, and they're doing, you know, these sauces. It's it. Their stir stew technology is, is 25 years ahead of us. Um, stew technology. <laughs> well, I, it's just, it's fantastic. And there's cafes on every corner. And you go into the cafes and it's it's off the charts. Like there's guys, you know, you go in and maybe you go into a bakery and then maybe there's a there's a Napoleon, right? They've got these off the charts, every every single one of them has got all these off the charts crazy pastries. And I don't even know what some of them are. And I'm a baker. I, I'm like, are, what is this? Are you, I know it's it, this is not the reason you're in Vienna, but are you finding inspiration for your shop back in upstate New York? Absolutely not. No, no, no. I, no. You want to know why? Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a sawdust on the floor baker. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting on glasses. I'm more like that. Too, that, that too chef frou foo for your shop. Yeah, I'm more like that chef in the Muppets. You know what I mean? That baker in the Muppets, Muppets <laughs> the than I am. Chef, the Swedish chef. Yeah, I'm more in that camp than I am with whatever's going on here. I mean, these guys. I mean, I, I make croissants at the place. I mean, I do make croissants, but I make, so I, t I took a, and this is, this is a Johnny P thing, right? So you take a croissant and then I, I, I put, I put bacon, egg and cheese in there and it's like a souffle, right? That's nice. as far yeah. as I go with in that camp because, and I do a regatta and, uh, and spinach. And it's, and so I do that because they, we're blue collar town. You know, guys want to grab something, throw it in the pocket and go. Yeah, and sure. I do make yeah. plain, plain, plain croissants. I do a ham and cheese. It's like a, it's like a, um, a sausage roll. It's a ham and Swiss cheese. So I got to roll it. So I yeah. do that, but that's as fancy as Johnny P can go because yeah. we're talking about, you know, people, you know, and these guys are real pastry chefs. They're, they've got, I don't know what's going on in the back room, but they must have 200 people. And, <laughs> or maybe it just comes from one source and it's just, you know, they have little conveyor belts under the ground that go and everything pops. I don't know. So, but there's people here that are just cranking out beautiful things. And, uh, and with flavors, I'm not even sure I know what some of them are, you know, yeah. like, the, you know, they're, but, uh, but a Viennese table is in every, at every corner pretty much. Um, and of course the schnitzel, you can't go wrong with the schnitzel here. Everybody's the schnitzel. It's everywhere. It's on the rooftops. It's in the car trunks. It's on the sidewalk. It's everywhere. You know? <laughs> all, right, my, all right, my friend. Live from Vienna, or I guess recorded from Vienna. On location in Vienna. On location is, in uh, Vienna. Yeah, Todd, dealing Tennessee. with the Ukraine issue. Yeah, <laughs> we're making it happen. Anyways, thanks, bud, for taking the time. Thanks, my friend. This is Crossing Phase.